0: One book, a few chapters, and hundreds of pages have led us to this. Adventure, romance, the thrill of a lifetime, a thousand lives that we get to explore. Join me. Hello, my book reading, writing family. Hello, hello. I know it's it's been a minute. It's been a hot minute. Since you've heard from me, probably like end of January, um, I have semi-excuses. Some of them are legitimate, some of them are not. Um, first legitimate excuse that actually is legitimate is um, I was sick at one point in January and um, my significant other has had some uh, knee-foot issues Uh, where we've been kind of been in and out of the doctor that month trying to figure out what was going on. So I kind of was distracted. And every time Friday snuck up on me and I realized I did not put out an episode. Um, So this is supposed to be episode four of January, but we are literally in the middle of February. Tomorrow is February 17th. So I'm going to rearrange and it's going to be okay because life happens and I'm here and We're moving forward, so today we are going to finish up the genres series that I was putting together uh, with science fiction, and the rest of the month, I think there are, what, one, there's only like one more Friday left in this month, I believe. Um, I think I'm going to take what I was going to do in the whole month of February, shove it all together, and put it in one episode. So that might be a longer episode, and I'm going to have to figure out how to uh, put that together. Thankfully, it's just the Contemporary Fiction Month. It's not one that I'm, like, super invested in because it's not normally what I read. Um, but... I still love the books that I chose, so I'll figure something out for everyone, but I hope everyone's doing good. I hope your first month you made your goal of re- of reading. I did not. I made my goal two a month. I've only read one book. I am um, in the middle of the second book. Actually, I'm like in the middle of three books, so maybe I'll finish them all uh, this month by the end of this month, and I'll be caught up on my goal, uh, cause I'm supposed to be two a month. Um, so let me know how you're doing in the comments or go to my Instagram and let me know how you're doing with your reading goal. Um, writing goal, totally haven't touched it. Haven't written anything. Like I said, January was literally just bonkers. And then the beginning of February was me trying to get my footing back on everything that happened in January. So I think I'm finally finding it. I think I'm finally getting there. Tomorrow I have the day off, or not tomorrow, Saturday. I have the full day where I can um, get up in the morning and I can I can read, I can write, I can kind of work on my creative things because I have nothing else going on in the morning on Saturday. So I'm really excited for that. So that's actually tomorrow. Yes, tonight I'm recording this. It's a Thursday Thursday. But this is released friday so yes this is tomorrow that i'll be able to do that so i'm excited um hope everyone had a great valentine's day whether you're single or taken i hope you had a great day i think single people um we think this is the the end-all be-all of of destructive holidays for us which it can be yes if you put yourself in that mindset But being single is so beautiful and so precious, and um, I have previous episodes that uh, February of 2021, I believe, um, I put a single curriculum, singles podcast together uh, just about being single, giving tips and tricks and why it's a great time in your life and all these things. Um, So go back and listen to that. It was February of 2021. shouldn't be that far back because I don't have that many episodes in this podcast because I've been in and out of it, um, last year. So check that out for my ones who are, uh, in a relationship like me. Oh my gosh. I had a relationship for the first time ever on a Valentine's day, um, outside of high school in high school. Well, mm-hmm. high school, my very first boyfriend, we celebrated Valentine's day together, but we were freshmen and we had no clue what that meant. Uh, the second time i I had a, a guy I was dating, for Valentine's Day was like 10 years ago, nine ten years ago. And then he dumped me the very next day, uh, pretty much because, um, I have boundaries and I wouldn't cross them and he didn't like it. And he dumped me. Uh, but I didn't get dumped this time. I'm still with him. (laughs) If he's listening to this, I'm so sorry, honey. Uh, for yeah, being weird. Um, But yeah, we're still together. It's good. Uh, We had um, an uneventful Valentine's week. Uh, He had to work and we are uh, saving up for a vacation. So instead of spending money on each other, we are spending money on each other for a vacation. Uh, But anywho, I'm getting so off topic, but I haven't talked to you guys in a while. So I wanted to update you on life. Now that you're updated. Let's talk about science fiction. So, this is probably my absolute favorite, no, second favorite. Second <coughs> Sorry about that. Second favorite genre. My favorite it has to be fantasy and adventure. I love fantasy and adventure. That's what I'm writing. Science fiction is my second favorite just because of the the um some of the stories that are in here. I don't like all science fiction novels, but the science fiction novels I do love or the science fiction fandom, because I'm in a lot of fandoms, people. Um, if you're a reader or a writer, you probably understand like, oh my gosh, yes, Ashley, I have so many fandoms, it's ridiculous. Um, the fandoms I'm in in science fiction are strong, like strong. My fantasy fandom will always and forever be Harry Potter and then anything Disney. Those are my fantasy fandoms when it comes to books. Like I have other fandoms outside of that in nerddom like Doctor Who and. um. Oh, my gosh, I was a Sherlock. I was in the Sherlock fandom when it was going on. It's still going on, but I, I was more of a casual viewer. Uh, now I'm out of it. Um. There are some other fandoms I kind of peek in and I peek out. I'm more of a casual looker. But the ones I live in, the ones I absolutely live in is Disney, Harry Potter, and then from the sci-fi side of things, Star Wars. And today we are going to go there. And I'm going to tell you today why Star Wars is not just a fantasy realm that George Lucas has created through his uh, movies and now into all the books that are created, whether it's legends or um, the current canon, but it's also underlying science fiction. Um, And I have a paper (laughs) that helps me prove it that I have sourced and I'm very excited for this. Now, day. Now, granted, the paper is dated in 1983, so it was before I was born, but it still, I think, holds true. But we're going to get there. Um, so let's talk science fiction. So when I was looking up some stuff, because I know about science fiction, but I like to have sources. I like to have um, published work that kind of backs up what I know. Because, again, I have the degrees and, and have delved into this and wrote papers and all the things I don't have them published like they do but I had them published at my school does that count? Maybe? Possibly? No? Oh, okay we'll move on Well I love to go to Goodreads Goodreads isn't the most scholarly of sources but it's a great source uh, and their take on science fiction is why, why a sci-fi explores brilliant what if questions in both familiar yet brilliantly altered places and worlds utterly different from our own I love that definition Um, where it's exploring brilliant what if questions. What if this happened? What if someone figured out a way to make a laser sword, otherwise known as lightsaber? What if... We were able to reach out into the stars and find other galaxies and planets and just explore, like in Star Trek, um, from Earth to the outer reaches. What if there is other galaxies far, far away that we've never known about that we have Star Wars taking place on over there? Isn't it weird to think that, like, what if Skywalkers were real and we just, I don't know are the ancestors of them. They just found in, they just found earth and decided, oh yeah, this is a great planet. No one knows about us. We'll just write the stories. Anywho, um, (laughs) the what if questions of other ones, like what if, what if America like totally got destroyed in a utopia society and hunger games happened or what if the divergent thing happened where we had to put them in a society and we're trying to figure things out and get people to where they need to be. What? And and there's so many other what if, what if, what if I have not read these series, but what if Cinderella was a robot? Hmm. Brilliant. What if questions? So I think good, good reads did a very good job of that. And and the end of it is again, they love, they love the brilliant word. They said brilliant what-if questions and then brilliantly altered places and worlds. Altered is the big thing. It is not completely made up most of the time. It is altered. So, for example, Hunger Games. I brought up Hunger Games. Hunger Games takes place in a um, dystopia United States of America where... The Americas, well, the lands are all crazy. And then you have districts that are carved out. And it's just it's it's reality, but altered with a fantasy twist. Um, Same with Divergent. Divergent's the same thing. Divergent. Oops, I hit my mic. Divergent takes place in where Chicago is. Can you believe this? Okay, I live near Chicago, not like near near Chicago. I'm like four or five hours out. But I have been to Chicago. I know that area. I kind of know, and what I mean by know, I mean like in the most general sense ever, but to think that those walls in Divergent are surrounding Chicago. So (laughs) in my mind, I'm like, hmm, I wouldn't mind that (laughs) and only because, um, Chicago, the lo the bad parts of Chicago have like seeped into Indiana, like it seeped into Gary, like decades and decades ago. But it's seeped into Gary, and now Gary's seeping over to South Bend. And South Bend's gonna seep into Elkharton. It's just all seeping together. Um, again, I'm not up there, so I'm fine. <laughs> but it's just it's a weird thing to think about. But it's Chicago, but altered. Um, so with sci-fi it's just so cool that we have brilliant what if questions in a familiar yet brilliantly altered place and worlds but they're utterly different from our own there are no similarities to these worlds to us the only thing that's similar is like the history or something very small is similar to what's going on like uh, Star Trek (sighs) That is not a, that is not a, um, well, they're probably books now, but when it started, it was not books that I know of. Um, but they start in earth, Kirk, James Kirk or whatever his name is, was born in Iowa. Probably the only good thing to come out of Iowa. I said what I said. Um, and he gets into the Academy and then goes out into the world. So it's like taking it, altering it. I think you get the drift, right? If you don't re-listen to the last like five minutes of my rant. (laughs) So I love that take on Goodreads. And then I decided, okay, Ashley, Goodreads is great, but we need some scholarly source. So I went to encyclopedia.com and they have articles upon articles upon articles in the juvenile and young adult sci-fi webpage Um, I only read through two because literally it was like that you see on the side of your web page is a tiny little, or it's like a scroll bar, but it's a tiny little scroll bar. And I scrolled through one paper and there was still three fourths of the screen to scroll down. Actually more than three fourths of the screen, like five sixths of the screen to scroll down. So I only read two papers um, to get some... Just making sure that I am still on the right page when it comes to science fiction. And I am. So we're good. Uh, But before they got to the papers, they kind of gave, Encyclopedia gave their kind of take on science fiction. And what they said is it is a genre or mode of speculative literature. Stop. If you're young and you don't know what speculative is, speculative, speculative, if I can speak, is what ifs. It is a what-if of literature, okay? So speculative. Speculative literature targeted at young audiences, which focuses on issues related to technological, scientific, and futuristic theorizations. Bam! Sorry, that was loud. Um, so a lot of people like to tell me that Star Trek, this is the whole Star Trek versus um, Star Wars thing. And I know, again, these are not started as books, but I don't care. I'm talking about it. Um, Star Trek, they always have told me over the years, is rooted in science. Star Trek is um, rooted in science. And Star Wars is rooted in just fantasy. I never bought it. And I still don't. And Encyclopedia has vindicated me because they say related to technological, scientific, and, not or, and futuristic theorizations. Star Wars has the futuristic, even though it's in a galaxy far, far away. A long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Blah, blah, blah. Um, But it's still futuristic. Scientific. Hello, have you... Seen the ships? Have you seen the blasters? Have you seen the technology and the science that they need to have to run the worlds that they run? Watch, um, the Phantom Menace or what is the other one? What's the next one? Um, the second one, after Phantom Menace, um, oh my goodness, I am a horrible Star Wars fan right now, uh, but watch watch any of the prequels, not the originals, the prequels, and see the council, the galactic council, the senate, the galactic senate, whatever you want to call it, the senate seats, and tell me they did not have advanced technique. Technology, blah, advanced technology and advanced science. So all of my, my, um, Star Trek people, I will not call you by the name that, um, the derogatory name that, um, you were given in the nineties. Um, even though I'm saying it in my head, sorry. Uh, all the, all the hardcore Star Trek nerd people who always, um, got at me about, it is rooted in science and Star Wars is not. Well, guess what? Guess what? Star Wars is still considered science fiction by multiple definitions in multiple sources. Goodreads encyclopedia and and I am going to be getting to another source from Margaret Esmond who has a essay that she um what's the word I'm looking for, published in 1983 in the American Library, or no, source, yeah, the American Library Association, um, in a paper called, or the paper's called in sign points. To criticism of children's literature. Yes, I enjoy reading these papers. I kind of miss it in college. I used to have to read these like all the time and write my own papers and write my own dissertations and all the things. And I really miss it. But anyways, um, we'll get to her in a minute. <laughs> and I've kind, of, I've kind of stayed on Star Wars for a very long time. And I apologize because it's already like 18 minutes in and all I've talked about is Star Wars and Star Trek. Anywho. Um... I just feel very vindicated. OK, uh, as I was reading some of the other stuff in encyclopedia, I didn't know this and I didn't even realize this. But did you know that Frankenstein, like Shelley's Frankenstein and Alice in Wonderland were actually considered science fiction back when they were published? Think about it. Like really, truly sit here and think about it. Frankenstein, Frankenstein. Now, you might be like, actually, of course, Frankenstein science fiction. Like, Hello the Dr. Frankenstein um, uses science to create a monster that is technically utterly different from our own. Like, what if you can bring people back to life? Lightning, duh. It's science fiction, actually. You should have known that. I probably should have, but I didn't ever think about it. So Frankenstein's science fiction, which makes sense. But let's think about Alice in Wonderland for a second. Alice in Wonderland is actually rooted in science because what if she fell down the rabbit hole what is underneath in the rabbit hole the the cake that she has to eat the drink that she has to drink i don't remember which one does which but one of them makes her big one of them makes her small there has to be science in that that's just not magic they don't talk about magic there is literally no talk about magic in the alice and Wonderland world everything has something that probably has some sort of root in science wizard of oz i was also reading the oz books have many science elements throughout the books um whoever frank frank l Baum, who wrote them or whoever wrote them um those are considered science fiction when they came out because of how they were done weather is a part of science What if a Twister takes a house and throws it over the rainbow? What's over the rainbow? Well, scientifically, we don't know if a tornado could do that, but let's try it and let's see what happens. And in the world of Wizard of Oz, you have... Who else? The wizard. But he's not really a wizard. And we find that out. He is literally just using science to scare the people to make him think that he is a wizard. A Side note, I really wish I actually did a video version of this. Because I'm being very animated right now. And I feel like if you can't see what I'm doing, there's not as much of an effect. Now for those who are listening who know me like my bestie Sammy know what's going on with my hands right now because she sees it all the time on the pixie dust twins podcast um go check it out if you love disney (laughs) Uh, actually april we are starting our star wars two months we're doing two months of star wars this year we did a whole summer last year and we are continuing it with two months this year so um be on the lookout for that anywho (laughs) um yeah so all of these things are actually considered Science fiction, which is pretty cool. So, in Margaret um, Esmond's uh, study, she starts talking about the elements, the two big basic plot points in any sort of science fiction. The first one, surprise, surprise, is a space opera. Space opera is literally the first main type of plot in a science fiction. Hello. Again, Star Trek people. Listen to my words. Um, A space opera is the action adventure oriented story with a strong young hero in conflict with an evil villain. The young hero is usually associated with a good scientist who practically always has a beautiful daughter, whose function, in addition to decorating the cover of the magazine in the clutches of a tentacled monster, robot, or other unspeakable horror, horror, was to ask questions so that information could be conveyed to the reader and to be captured screaming shrilly so that the hero could act heroically. Okay, so this was written in 1983. This does not cover what our society does now with these types of stories. And Star Wars, as you know, kind of broke the mold of this because, um, yes, Princess Leia was a beautiful decoration for the magazine, but she was not in the clutches of a monster or whatever evil it was. And she was not the one to ask questions to move the story along. She was a strong female character who did not get captured screaming shrilly. That would be Willie from Indiana Jones. Again, go to the Pixie Dust Twins podcast in January and you can listen to that episode. It's Temple of Doom. I don't know what she actually called it, but anywho. So, the very first type of plot in a science fiction is space opera. he. <laughs> So vindicated. So she even talks about Star Wars. She said George Lucas capitalized on this rich fantasy vein, which underlies so much science fiction, even opening the film with familiar fairy tale beginnings long, long ago in a galaxy far, far away. It's literally taking fantasy stories and putting them into a science fiction era. It's literally what's happening. Now, the second basic big plot point or plot in um, science fiction is a period, or in this period was nicknamed Gadget Science Fiction because the chief feature of this type of story was the depiction of invention. So uh, first one that comes to the top of my head, again, not a book, which is so dumb because I'm supposed to be talking about books, but is um, Back to the Future. That is a gadget science fiction in my book. Another one potentially could be, um, Cinder. I've never read the Cinder series, but she has gadgets in her legs. So maybe it is. Who knows? Um, I believe the girl in the steel corset series. It's an older series. I believe that is considered a ga- would be considered a gadget. Um, sci-fi. We'll have to break that apart a little bit in May because we're going to be talking about it. Um, So those are the two big plot points. Space opera and gadget science fiction. Now, it has evolved. If you start reading science fiction nowadays, whether it's in young adult or adult, there's a... I cannot speak tonight. There's evolutions that are happening to science fiction, um, which is probably why people don't think Star Wars is science fiction. But it doesn't matter. It is. (laughs) Ha ha. Um... So definitely be checking that out. Now, I'm going a little longer than I normally do. Normally, these genre episodes were about 20 minutes. Well, we're into 25, and I don't want to take up too much more of your time. So let's just move into the current uh, science fiction list top seven Goodreads that have been reviewed and tagged. Now, these are not newer ones. These are all the books that have the most reviews in, like, good reviews in Goodreads. So... Some of them are going to be older because some of these newer science fiction books do not make the muster of some of the older ones. So guess what? They're not going to be as high up on this list. So number, let's go number seven. I don't know why I'm yawning. Yes, I do. It's almost 11 o'clock at night. Number seven is Illuminae. Illuminae? Illuminae? Illuminae. L-I-L-L-U-M-I-N-A-E. Uh, it's a number one in whatever files book it is. Never heard of it. It's number seven. Number six, The Fifth Wave. I have seen this book title. I have never actually seen what it's about, but apparently it's number six. Number five, Aurora Rising. Again, have no clue. Number four, a book called Gemini. Uh, three, number three is The Divergent series. Honestly, I'm not a fan. I like the first book. Second book's okay. Never read the third. Um, Second on this list is the Hunger Games series. I absolutely love the Hunger Games. I am not as hardcore into that fandom as I used to be, but is such a great series. Like Katniss is like amazing. And Jennifer Lawrence, who played her, was perfect. But moving on. Uh, And then number one in this list is the Cinder series with the robotic... um, Disney princesses. I will never pick that one up either. I, I I have people who want me to read them and I'm just looking at them. and I'm like, no, no, I'm good. I, I I'll I'll move on. Um, so that's Goodreads top seven. But of course, you know me. If you've been listening to any of the other genre movie or genre episodes, I like to give you my mini library recommendations. So these are books that I have on my shelves. I will not recommend something that has not been on my shelves. Now normally I won't recommend something I haven't read but during the mystery episode I did because I just don't read them very often. But I have read all of these books and they're amazing. So here are my recommendations. Number 4 on my list, Ramal please. That was a actual drum roll on my desk. I don't know how that sounded, so I'm sorry if it hurt your ears. Number four is the Girl in the Steel set. I love these books. I'm still collecting them. I only have the first, like, three. I think there's more. Um They're so good. You need to check them out. They're older. The only way you're going to find them is, like, half-price books, thrift stores, etc. Maybe Amazon. Um, They're not in your Barnes & Noble stores anymore. Uh So definitely... Find those if you love kind of the obscure, not very popular, not TikTok book talk um, books. That is one of them. Actually, none of my books, except maybe one, uh, are TikTok books. So definitely go check out The Girl in the Still Corset. Like, find it somewhere. It is absolutely amazing. Okay, number three. Of course, it's a Star Wars book. It is Ahsoka. Oh, yes, Ahsoka it has it has her own book. It actually takes place after she is exiled and she leaves and um Order 66 happens. She thinks Anakin is dead. She has she thinks Obi's dead. She has no idea that Darth Vader is Anakin at this point and this is pre-Rebels, because if you watch the TV show, which is a cartoon, um, she finds out that Darth Vader is Anakin in this movie or in that show. So this is in between there and how she survived and how she got her lightsabers and all the things. So go check it out. That's my third recommendation. Second recommendation, the Hunger Games series. I already said I love Katniss Everdeen. She's amazing. It's a great series. Um, it will always be on the top of my list. So go check out The Hunger Games if you have not read them, which I'd be shocked if you haven't. But yeah, anywho, last but not least, ah, it is a Star Wars book. It is my all-time favorite book right now. It is called The Lost Stars. Now, if you are a fan of any capacity for the original three, the original, original trilogy, This is for you. This is about two kids who grow up in when the empire started. They thought that the empire was this great thing. They're going to be fighter pilots for them. And one of them realizes that it's not so good. And one of them is too loyal to leave. So one of them becomes a rebel. One of them stays there. And you see their viewpoint through New Hope through Empire Strikes Back, and through A Last Jedi, or Return of the Jedi, not Last Jedi, we're not going there, through the Return of the Jedi, um, it is beautiful, like beautifully done, like I want to reread this book so bad, but I have too many other books to read right now, but it's gorgeous, because you actually hear their thoughts when they lose friends on the Death Star, you hear... What's going through their mind when they hear Luke Skywalker's name? You don't see Luke Skywalker. He's not randomly in the book, but they hear his name. And it's really funny because the guy's like, who's, why is he so important? We don't, we don't, we don't. he's, who is this kid from Tatooine? Um, it's really great and it's really funny. Um, but the ending, the ending is. Gorgeous. Like I'm gonna ruin it in May. So if you listen to my show and you love Star Wars and you don't want this book ruined, you gotta read it before May, because here's the thing: May only has four weeks in it. uh the first Friday in well, not four four weeks, four Fridays. The first Friday in May is Revenge of the Fifth. Yes, May is Star Wars month for me. Yes, I say my dates on the names of the Star Wars days. May the 4th be with you and Revenge of the 5th also Revenge of the 6th both of them work so the 5th will be that first Friday we will either be doing Ahsoka or Lost Stars and then the 12th is the next Friday which is my birthday and I will be in Star Wars land uh, in Orlando Florida so another Star Wars episode will come out that day so we're not going to do these in order but they will be done I wish I had an extra week because if you didn't know, um, The Giver, which is one of my favorite books growing up, actually is also considered a science fiction novel. And I really wish I could pull that apart in May. So maybe I'll try to find a way to do that. Maybe I'll do it as like a bonus Monday episode if I can get my crap together and, you know, actually get these out on time. So for the rest of this month, um, We were supposed to be breaking apart, like, one of the books this month for my contemporary episode in January. Uh, I don't know. Well, I know why I'm yawning. And I probably already told you it's 11 o'clock at night. Um, But next week is the last Friday in February. So I'm going to somehow take the four recommendations that I gave you for February for contemporary fiction and shove them together. That was loud. Shove them together into one episode um, I will probably, what I'll do is I'll take the elements of, of storytelling, like plot, character development, um, conflict, uh, theme, etc., and just break it down on, I'll look at those elements. And then I'll say, okay, from this book, I think they did the best with this. I think they did the best with this, or they could have done better here or just different things. And we'll, we'll take, I'll use the elements and we'll pick apart the different books, um, when it comes to that. because. I'm okay with contemporary fiction, but it's not like my absolute favorite, so you know, it's fine. <laughs> um Yeah, so that's what we'll do for next week. And yes, I will have it out on time because Saturday, which is tomorrow, I have nothing going on. So I will be doing that episode on Saturday and pre-recording it. I'm actually going to try to pre-record some, a lot of them. Because March is a very big month. March is, I actually, I don't know what we're doing in March. What are we doing in March? I think it's the Fantasy and Adventure Month. I think so. Because there's five Fridays in March. Yeah, that makes sense. Hmm. I think that makes sense, but I already gave, I only gave four recommendations for well no, I did two different sets of recommendations. Anywho, I'm getting off topic. So March will be fantasy and adventure, so I'll try to start that early too cuz I don't want you to miss my beautiful loud crazy animated voice. Um, so next week we'll do con- we'll combine the recommendations into one episode. So that's going to be a long one, so get ready for that. March will be fantasy and adventure and then April's mystery and thrillers, and then May science fiction. So stay tuned. Stick around. You're not going to want to miss whatever comes next because I have no idea what comes next. It's going to be fun. All right, friends. Thank you so much. You have a great rest of your night or day. And I hope you enjoyed the adventure with me, Ashley Danny. So join me next week as I dive into another great story that will help you escape reality, if only for a moment. Bye.